1 Peter chapter number 2 and verse 21. For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps. Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. Who when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judges righteously. Thank you, Lord, for your word. God bless everyone here with it, Lord, in Jesus' name. And everybody say, Amen. Amen. Would you give the Lord a hand clap of praise? And you may be seated. Praise God. Praise God. I want to preach on the subject, the great example. The great example. Amen. You know, an example is one that serves as a pattern to be imitated. Amen. And we all need good examples in our lives. We, we, we all have bad examples in our lives. We all need good examples in our lives. Amen. Because the examples in our lives have great impact uh, on the direction, especially when we were younger, especially as kids. Amen. We were like wet cement. We were like wet clay. Amen. And the good or bad examples in our lives uh, help mold us in what we are today. Amen. But I thank God that no matter what we are today, that he can help us be what he wants us to be. Amen. Because he's our great example. Hallelujah. Those that have come before and blazed a trail for us to show us the way, those are those good examples that we, we need and have in our lives. You see, it's not good enough just to be told or instructed what to do. Uh, someone needs to show us how to do it. Amen. Show me how. Don't just tell me how. Show me how. That was the big difference in the New Testament. The Pharisees told them how to do it. Jesus showed them how to do it. Amen. And that was the difference. And that's why he gained all the crowds and, and all the power was on his side. Amen. The power of good examples in our lives cannot be overstated. It has such an impact on us, a lasting impression. They show us the right way to do things. They show us the good way. And without them, we would be in big trouble. And I thank God for the good examples that I have personally had in my life over the years. Whether it be family members, teachers, coaches, mentors, amen, neighbors, fellow believers in the Lord, and the list goes on and on. We can all look back and see people in our lives that helped us along the way. They weren't asking for nothing in return. They just wanted to contribute, wanted to help someone, help a young kid, help someone in trouble. Thank God for good examples. But there is none other, amen, that none other than God himself that is the greatest example of all and that's what i want to preach about this morning amen hallelujah hallelujah we, we we thank god for good examples we thank god for people in our lives but god almighty robed himself in flesh and became the great example for us amen praise god 
Psalms 95 verse 3 said, For the Lord is great, a God, a great God, and a great King above all gods. Psalms 145 and 3 said, Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and His greatness is unsearchable. I'm thinking, I'm talking about a great God, who's a great example. Because when you've got a great God, He makes a perfect example. He makes a great example. Amen. And our great God, throughout the Old Testament times, He tried to tell the people what to do and how to do it. He gave them Ten Commandments. He gave them the, the priesthood. He gave them the prophets. He gave them, amen, all kinds of things and tried to tell them, but it only had measured success. So he decided, he goes, I'm going to have to come myself and I'm going to have to show them. I'm going to have to be the great example. Praise God. Hallelujah. So he robed himself in flesh through the womb of Mary, which that's the time of year we're at right now as we celebrate his birth. Amen. The angel Gabriel prophetically told Mary something very powerful and miraculous. Amen. That that baby that would be born in her. Hallelujah. That was going to be the great example. Hallelujah. Amen. Gabriel came and said in Luke chapter 1 verse 32 about Jesus, about the baby that she was going to give birth. He shall be great, and he shall be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. He shall be great. We've got a great example today, folks. And he came and became one of us and walked in shoe leather like us and showed us a way. And when Jesus, who was Almighty God in human form, came into this world, he came humbly. Amen. I'm talking about an example that shows us how to do it, folks. Because pride won't get us anywhere. But if we will come humbly like he came, we're going to be okay. Hallelujah. His great example of humility started at his birth. He was born in a manger in a little, a little table outside the inn because there was no room for them. And when he started his earthly ministry at 30 years old, he left home, he left Mary, Mary's home, amen, and he, the Bible said, doesn't record any home that he had to call his own until the day he died. Maybe he knew, I only got three and a half years, amen, I don't need a home. And that's probably why he said, foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests. But the Son of Man had no place to lay his head. He didn't have a home, he was humble, amen. He rode into Jerusalem on a young adolescent donkey. Amen for this triumphal entry. That's humility instead of coming on a big steed. Praise God. He ate his last supper in a borrowed upper room. It was just a borrowed room and he was buried in a borrowed tomb. Hallelujah. So regarding his humanity, he was humble and he always gave God the credit. He was our great example, folks. Amen. You'll go places in this life if you'll hum humble yourself and give God the credit always. Amen. When people try to give you the credit, you just deflect it right on to God. Let's give that praise to God. That's what you got to tell people. Let's give that praise to God. Amen. Without God, I'm nothing. Hallelujah. Apostle Paul said it best, by the grace of God, I am what I am. I'm here with, by the grace of God. I'm here by the forgiveness of God. If it wasn't for the blood of Jesus, I don't know where I'd be. Hallelujah. And that's why we got to take the humble road like our great example showed us to do. Amen. Praise God. I'm talking about the great example this morning. 
And he showed humility in so many ways. And one of the greatest ways he did it was they went up in John chapter 13, they went up to eat a supper. And after supper, Jesus took an apron or some type of cloth and wrapped himself with it and got a pot of water and he went and started washing the disciples' feet. That's humility. Because back in those days, in first century Bible times in the, in the Middle East, everybody, they didn't have shoes and socks and all that kind of stuff. Everybody was wearing sandals. And there was no paved roads per se. Everything was dusty. Even inside the houses, there was dirt floors many times. Amen. And the way they ate back in those days, they ate laying down or um, propped up on an elbow. They didn't have table and chairs necessarily. They all kind of ate around a low area. And so feet were very prominent. Amen. And very visual. Hallelujah. And so it was common to when you came into someone's house to eat, they had someone there to wash feet. And usually it was a lowly job. Amen. A servant's job or whatever to wash feet. Or you would wash your own feet. Praise God. And Jesus, she wanted to show humility. Amen. Don't just tell me how to be humble. He wanted to show how to be humble. And, and to their disbelief and shock, he donned that, that apron and he began to wash their feet. And they were, they said, I can't believe this. He's the Lord and Master. He's the God. He's the, he, he speaks to the wind. He healed the blind eyes. He cast out the devils. He raised the dead. He, man, he fed the 5,000. He did all these things. And now he's washing our feet. This, I can't believe this. That just shows us I don't care how high we go in this life. I don't care how much success we have in this life. We better give God all the glory. Amen. And we better be able to stoop low. Amen. And remember where we came from. Praise God. And be humble, people. God resists the proud, but He gives grace to the humble. He came to Peter and Peter said, you're not washing my feet. He goes, if I don't wash your feet, you have no part in me. He goes, okay, then wash my feet, my head, my hands. You know, like, give me a whole bath, basically. He was telling him, you know, just dump the whole bucket on me. I want it all. Amen. And you know, Jesus said something that was interesting. I haven't got to my verse yet, but he said something interesting. He's, after Peter said that, he said, no. He said, those people that have been cleansed, they only need to wash their feet every once in a while. Amen. In other words, Jesus said, you know, I'm doing the major cleaning job here. Amen. When I, when I forgive your sins and I wash you with my blood, that's the major cleaning job. But, you know, you're still going to have to humble yourself. and You're still going to have to wash your feet. And, you know, and, and spiritually speaking, wash other people's feet. Show humility and bless them and help them. So in verse John 13, 14, he said, If then your Lord and Master has washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done. Amen. And it's a spiritual thing he's talking about. It's a spiritual humility. Nowadays, it's a different thing. But you can just plug it in. What can I do to humble myself and help somebody? Amen. I don't think any job's too low. It would, no job was too low for Jesus, God in human form, to wash somebody's feet like that. Praise God. I want to stay humble. I want to stay humble. 
Amen. Even as the pastor of the church, if I can't, you know, pick up trash or pick up, you know, you know, dog, like Brother Sanchez calls him, dog presents out in the yard. He goes, I'm going to go see if there's any presents. I go, there might be more because it's Christmas time. I, I told him that this morning. We always joke about it, whatever. But, but uh, thank God for Brother Sanchez keeping, you know, these, and, and who those help him keep these yards looking nice and green and clean and all that kind of stuff. Amen. But I, I'm telling you, you know, we, we, we got to be able to just do whatever we can do. Amen. I can't just, oh, well, I'm the pastor. I can't do that. Why not? Amen. You used to do it, right? Praise God. I'm just saying he's our great example of humility. Praise God. And he told us in Mark chapter 10, verse 43, but so shall it not be among you. Whosoever, he talked about, hey, in the world, those that are on top give all the orders and they don't lift a finger to do anything. He said, it's not going to be so among the kingdom of God and among the children of God. Amen. Whosoever will be great among you shall be your minister. And minister means servant. Whosoever of you shall be the chiefest shall be servant of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. Amen. What a powerful example he was. Amen. And still is. Jesus was always looking out for the needs of others. He came to help. He came to listen. And he came to serve. And he came to die. Came to suffer and he came to die. Romans 15 verse 1 We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. For even Christ pleased not himself. Amen. And I'm not just preaching this because it's Christmas time. This is good stuff for 365 days a year. Praise God. But you know, somehow during Christmas time, even the biggest Scrooges have a little bit of a heart coming out maybe. Amen. Even the biggest Scrooges out there, you can see they just let go of their hardness for a little bit. And this is a time where you can reach people that you can't reach any other time of year. So you might as well use certain times and be wise in certain times and attitudes of the seasons that come our way. Amen be able to get inroads into people's hearts hallelujah and that's what he did jesus was a master at it praise god amen he humbled himself he showed us an example you know when john the baptist was jesus older cousin by six months elizabeth and zacharias's boy amen and john the baptist when he was 30 years old, because 30 years old was the time, according to the Levitical priesthood laws in the Old Testament, was, was the time that a priest could begin his office of the priesthood. So at 30 years old, John the Baptist began his ministry, preparing the way of the coming Christ and the Messiah to be uh, to introduced to the world. And he baptized for the baptism of repentance. He was baptizing in the Jordan River, had a big line of people. And here came one person that got in line. A man whose name was Jesus. Now John knew his younger cousin. Of course they grew up together. But all his life he did not know that his younger cousin was going to be the Messiah. It wasn't until just that day or earlier in that week, amen, that Jesus got in line to be baptized by his older cousin, amen, that John was given a sign, hallelujah, of who was going to be the Christ. 
And when Jesus, his younger cousin, not his older cousin, his younger cousin, got and stepped up and was next in line, John looked at him and having seen and understood that God had made this person, his cousin, the Messiah. Amen. John just was in awe and he said, you come to be baptized by me? I know who you are. I need to be baptized by you. And Jesus, amen, being the great example, he said, oh no. He said, I want you to baptize me. I know I don't have any sins and I shouldn't need to be baptized. I know I don't, but let me be baptized so that this will fulfill all righteousness. Amen. Suffer it to be so now. So it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. So Jesus, he walked 40 miles. He didn't have Uber or Lyft or a taxi cab, amen, or even an electric car, a Tesla or anything. He didn't have nothing to get him over there but his feet. And he walked 40 miles on sandal feet from one place to that Jordan River to be baptized, even when he didn't really need to according to the rules, amen. But he did it to be the great example so that somebody in 2018 can say, you know what, I don't think baptism is necessary. I don't think it's important. Oh, yeah, well, Jesus said it was important enough for him to be baptized when he was sinless and so we with sin we better get in that water we better repent of our sins we better be baptized in the wonderful name of Jesus he was our great example hallelujah you know Jesus didn't just tell us to turn the other cheek he showed us how to do it he willingly suffered for us Our text verse said, We were called because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow His steps. Amen. And there is a certain amount of suffering or some sort that Christians go through from time to time because of our walk with God, because of our stand that maybe we're made fun of or maybe, you know, worse, you know, in other countries it gets a lot worse. Amen. For the fate of of Christians, people that stand for Jesus. But the Bible said he, he did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth, who when he was reviled, he didn't revile back. When they gave it to him, he was silent. He didn't, he didn't you know, they cussed at him and he didn't, he didn't say anything back. When he suffered, he threatened not, but he committed himself to him that judges righteously. He was challenged by the Pharisees all the time in those meetings trying to trip him up. He ridiculed, he was ridiculed, and he's falsely accused at every turn. And yet he knew, you know, he knew how to answer every person. Amen. He didn't return evil for evil. During his interrogation by the governor Pontius Pilate of Rome, all the way through his beating and crucifixion, he kept relatively quiet and kept a great attitude. Amen. In fact, Pilate said, Don't you got anything to say for yourself? Don't you know that I have the power to crucify you? I have the power to set you free? And Jesus just looked at him and said, You don't have any power but what heaven gave you. And then Pilate's going, Whoa, whoa now, who's this guy? Amen. Because the Bible said Jesus was like a sheep, silent before the shearers. Amen. Praise God. He showed us how to suffer for the sake of righteousness with dignity. And even Paul told us all. Everybody say all. 
All that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. That's part of it. But you know what? Compared to the glory, compared to the blessings, compared to the freedom, compared to the liberty, compared to on my way to heaven and leaving hell behind, amen, if I got to go through anything for him, that's okay. But help me to do it like he would want me to do it. Help me to not fail, amen, when I come against Christian suffering, amen, and help me to stand fast and be who I need to be, be an example like he gave me. Amen. So that I give glory to heaven. Amen. Praise God. 1 Peter 2.20 If when ye do well and suffer for it, you take it patiently, this is acceptable to God. Amen. That's not a time to quit. That's not a time to... You know, bust some chops and, you know, deck some people and say, Lord, I took care of them for you. No, God doesn't want you to take care of them like that for him. Amen. He'll take care of it. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I'll repay. 1 Peter 3, 14. But and if you suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are ye. 1 Peter 4, 14. If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye, for the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. Amen. So that's why Jesus said when you a reproach for my name, for the name of Christ. Look up and rejoice, for your redemption draws nigh. Amen. He didn't come to condemn this world. He came to save it. He didn't come to judge this world. He came to save it. He didn't come to withhold forgiveness from this world. He came to forgive it. Forgive it. Amen. Hallelujah. If he didn't come to condemn, our great example didn't condemn, we shouldn't be condemning. Amen. Because that's what John 3 said, God so loved the world, verse 16, that he gave his only begotten son, right? That whosoever believed on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Verse 17, keep reading. Amen. For God sent not his son to condemn the world, but amen, but that the world might be saved through him. And we as his followers, we should not have a condemning spirit. Amen. We should not have a judgmental spirit. God is not on the judgment throne yet. He's still on the mercy seat. He's still doling out the grace. And we as his people need to be after our great example. And he's doling out the grace we should dole it out to. Amen. Praise God. And he came to forgive. And we should be forgiving people. Don't hold grudges. Don't withhold forgiveness. It's only going to ruin you and your walk with God. Not you know, get a, get a one-up on that person that you're holding that forgiveness back. Oh, yeah, I'm really doing them good. Well, why are you up all night not able to sleep? Oh, I don't know. Well, you better let go of that grudge. You better let go of that thing. Amen. Let God deal with that person. Luke chapter 6, verse 37, Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you shall be forgiven. That's why I, don't, I can't be a condemner. I can't be a judger. Amen. I don't care what it looks like. We can't condemn. Yeah, people are doing wrong, whatever. We used to too. Amen. And sometimes we slip up even as Christians and thank God for His forgiveness. Amen. Let's be humble and let's have love be our motivating factor. Colossians 3.13, forbearing one another, 
and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. Amen. Forbearing means, hey, you know, sometimes we have to deal with one another. Hallelujah. Sometimes we have to, you know, go the extra mile with people. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He had mercy. We should have mercy. He had compassion. We should have compassion. Amen. Ephesians 5.1. Paul said, Be ye therefore followers of God. Hallelujah. And the greatest way we can follow God is to follow the one who is the image of the invisible God, Jesus Christ, the man that God became. That word follower in the Greek means to be an imitator. Amen. We ought to pattern ourselves after God. We ought to emulate God's example. We've got to follow and imitate Jesus in our lives and we're going to be okay. To mimic or to pattern ourselves after. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, Be ye followers of me, even as I also am of Christ. Praise God. So in other words, Paul said, hey, as long as I'm following Christ, you can follow me. Amen. And that's what I say to do as your pastor. As long as I'm following Christ, follow me. But if I stop following Christ, I I don't plan on it. But if I ever do, you better not follow me anymore. Yeah, but we kind of like you and all that stuff. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Well, we want those big smiles and all those jokes and other that, whatever. No, you know, if I'm not following Jesus anymore, praise God, you'll know because they're not going to follow me. Because, hey, when the pastor's family don't go to church anymore, then something's up. (laughs) Praise God. Amen. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Amen. So the great example left us an example that we should follow his steps. And there's many of those followers in this room and in our lives and in just down from history that we can look to as, as good examples of the great example. And as we follow Christ, we attract people to us. We attract people to heaven. Amen. Let's be a good example. Paul told Timothy, his protege, his, his junior minister, amen, that he was training. Hallelujah. He said, let no man despise your youth. But be thou an example, Timothy, of the believers. How? Not only in word, but in conversation, which is lifestyle, and in charity, which is your love, and in your spirit, and in faith, and in purity. Live according to my word, you know, according to the word of God, Timothy, and you're going to be okay. Praise God. So if you want true joy in your life, Not only during the holiday season, but all year long, you must put Jesus first, then others next, and then yourself last. That's true joy. Amen. Jesus, in His humanity, because He was both man and God, from 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 Mary's side of things, He put God first. Amen. 
Hallelujah. From his, from his mother's side, that's why he had to pray in the garden. Amen. Because he had a will from his mother's side. And, but he had God's will from his father's side. Hallelujah. And so he had to do those things. Amen. If you do that, you'll be a happy person. You'll be a fulfilled person. You'll be a satisfied person. Amen. And you will attract people to you and to this God of ours. Amen. If you do that, you'll be content. You'll be positive, And you'll be blessed. If you'll follow the great example. Would you stand with me?